Okay, let's go to uh, 2 John, if you would please join there once again. 2 John, as we uh, finish up this um, long series in 2 John. Two parts, two parts, all right? 2 John, we're basically including it in the series with 1 John, and we'll obviously just go right into 3 John as well. Uh, Now, next, next Wednesday night, we'll have a blessing in that my uh, brother-in-law is going to be here. He's teaching class on Thursday, and he'll be here, uh, Brother Joe Decker Jr. He'll be preaching to next Wednesday night. So looking forward uh, to that. And it's been a good while since he's preached here. I think it'll be a blessing uh, to you. If not, I'm sorry. So we'll, uh, you know, I know it'll be a blessing. I love to hear him preach. All right, Second John. Second John, let's look at it together, Second John. And uh, we're going to be looking at verses 7 uh, basically through 11, although we'll cover th- 12 and 13, it's just the ending of the, of the letter, of the epistle. We're going to read uh, the whole letter just to get a little bit of a reminder. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been in it. So let's look at it now. Second John, and where John writes, the elder, in reference to himself, the elder unto the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth. And not, not I only, but also all they that have known the truth for the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father in truth and love. So a lot of emphasis so far on truth, right? Truth and Love. All right, let's keep going. Verse four. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in what? Truth. There it is again. Walking in truth. As we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which, had, that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love. This is love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment. That, as ye have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. So having laid that groundwork, he basically is getting to the purpose of his letter now in verse 7 and following. Verse 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth And abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Here's application in verse 10. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine... Receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. 
For he that biddeth him Godspeed is, what's the next word? Partaker. All right. Very important word to the text. Partaker. If you bid him Godspeed, if you uh, give him place in your home, then you are a partaker of his evil deeds. Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. Thy children, I'm sorry, verse 13, the children of thy elect sister greet thee, amen. All right, so uh, tonight in, in our uh, title is this, our title is this, Protecting Our Homes with Truth and Love, part two. All right, so two weeks ago, we were talking about this, protecting our homes with truth and love. And the byproduct of that, of course, would be protecting our church family. Because our church family is made up of very many families, individuals. Okay, so protecting our homes with truth. Um, maybe you have, a, uh, you have an alarm system on your home. Well, you need a truth system on your home to protect your home, a, Truth system. You need truth operating in your home. Protecting our homes with truth and love, part two. Just because you have room doesn't mean you should offer them a place to stay. Just because you have room doesn't mean you should offer them a place to stay. I want you to think about tonight who's knocking at the door of your life. Okay, Would you do that? Who's knocking at the door of your life? Whether that's the physical door, you may be getting a knock. Or you got a digital door and a lot of other doors in your life. I wonder what John would say tonight. Would he say that many deceivers are entered into the world or would he say, you know, there's just a few left? No, I believe that they have multiplied. Many deceivers, many deceivers are in the world. So may God bless the reading of his word. Thank you. You may be seated. Lily's co-workers invited her to the upcoming ladies' meeting uh, at their church. Ladies from all over Oklahoma planned to attend from numerous denominational backgrounds. She'd heard that there was going to be um, some nationally known speakers, some ladies that are going to be there speaking. A popular CCM group is scheduled to provide the music. John uh, received an invitation through email to, uh, to live stream this year's conference on how we can be the hands and feet of the universal body of Christ. How it didn't come from Rocky uh, Harrell, I guarantee you that. <laughs> he received an email how we can be the hands and the feet of the universal body of Christ. They plan to outline ways that we can make a difference in this complex world. Pat came across an angry internet preacher and was intrigued by what the man was so bold to say. Now, it was offensive as he took a stand against homosexuality and other things, but certainly there was no law of kindness in his tongue. Robbie heard about a podcast from another disgruntled church member. He finds a lot in common with those as he listens to the podcast, those that have been hurt by um, 
And disappointed in fundamental circles, perhaps he thinks a more progressive approach would kind of suit him a little bit better. Samantha read an article in a religious journal and she was surprised to hear of a pastor who condoned homosexuality. The pastor emphasized God's love and tolerance in her most recent sermon. Joe, none of these are real people that are in this church here, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Joe hit hard times. The TV preacher, uh, Peter Popoff, <laughs> told him if he just sent in his seed money, there'd be all kinds of money that would come his way. I mean, just like a windfall of money. And just if he'd send in that seed money and, and, and the evangelist said that if you sow sparingly, you shall weep, reap, <laughs> weep too, reap sparingly. So Sprinkling a little scripture in there. Pastor Thompson felt the pressure as he sat in the living room. This family had been attending the church for a good while. They came to Victory Baptist Church because uh, they had been in a non-denominational church, but it was just really more of an entertainment-based type church. And they wanted to be in a church where the pastor just really reared back and preached the word. And, and now they're ready to join. And they're a little bit surprised that the pastor said they'd have to join by baptism. Billy. Billy had been raised in a conservative church family. Um, he hadn't worked in the secular world. This is his first experience working in the secular world. And he just kind of hit it off with a coworker that's about his age. And they're coming from completely different worldviews. Billy's coworker asked if maybe he'd like to hang out sometime down in Bricktown. All these individuals, like really all of us, are facing decisions that will determine the direction of their life. They're all facing decisions that will determine the direction of their life. They're feeling some of the pressure uh, between friendship and faithfulness to the truth. They ought to be friendly. There's no doubt about that. And, and all of us ought to be friendly. In fact, you ought to be friendly to everybody. And so that, that level of, of friendship uh, from people like Billy's coworker and friends at work that are inviting this lady uh, to a ladies' Bible study or to a ladies' meeting, that level of friendship is, is putting a little extra pressure that could cause her, cause him, and yes, tonight even cause you to uh, compromise on what you know to be true from God's word. This is really not different than what John was dealing with in his day and time. On one hand, our love for others is not to undermine our loyalty to the truth. On the other hand, we must never champion the truth in a harsh and bitter spirit. There's two ditches in, in this scenario. On one hand, we shouldn't compromise the truth in the name of tolerance. And as we said last time we were together, and a lot of what's put under, under the banner of tolerance is really just a lack of love for truth. But sometimes what's flying under the banner of truth is really a harsh spirit that turns more off than helps and hurts more than 
that can really benefit. So how do we strike the balance? I think if we'll pay careful attention here to what John is getting across and what the scenario was, and we think about who's maybe knocking at the figurative door of your life. I, I'd like to think that everybody that's here tonight would, would be in church a year from now or five years from now or 10 years from now. I, I believe it's important, church, that we, um, that we preach some messages like this along the way. Uh, I believe it's important that we keep singing songs. In fact, I, I was just, just thinking this. Of course, I had the benefit of coming to the service with what I'm going to preach in mind. Sometimes that's a, that's a benefit. Sometimes it's just, uh, it kind of weighs on you. And, but I, I'm hearing what we're singing and I'm hearing what is, what is saying in a special. I'm thinking this is good. This is good because it fortifies us maybe ahead of time for when the tough days come. When you know now where to turn and don't forget in the dark what you learned in the light. See, and maybe right now you don't have somebody from a, a cult or somebody from a, a, a dark new age background or, or something like that that is, that is kind of trying to have an influence on you. But listen, we live in a, in a world where influences are coming to us unsolicited. It's not like you have to be out there looking for uh, false doctrine or looking for erroneous ways of thinking. No, we are constantly bombarded with them in, in every uh, billboard that we come across, in every car that we get behind that has all kinds of stickers on it. I mean, I'm driving home with this message in my heart and mind about wanting to stay in the truth. And, and you see these symbols, this nirvana and these other symbols and, and coexist and all this. And, and it's really just saying to you and it's saying to me, hey, listen, truth is relative. And truth doesn't really matter. Listen, listen tonight, this will help you here. You say, I don't think I need this passage because, you know, I haven't had anybody from a cult knock on my door in a long time. I haven't even had a Baptist knock on my door. Well, maybe more Baptists ought to be out knocking some doors. Amen. That wasn't in the message, but that'll sure fit that, that we need to be diligent in trying to get the truth out. And, and so you don't, don't look at this passage and think, well, this is just like if somebody shows up at my door and how I ought to handle it. Well, no, it's, it's bigger than that. And there's a context to it that really has a lot to do with just life in general. So we need to understand what's going on. John was writing to this dear lady that he loved and loved her children. And, and I believe it was and is, as we considered last week, not a figurative way of speaking about the church, but it truly was a family. It truly was an individual life. It was this lady and her, and her kids, just like you, just like we are gathered here tonight. Many families come together. I mean, that's what makes up the church. But I, I, I've got to remind us all tonight to be faithful to the text that Satan is not going to skip your home just because you are in Southwest Baptist Church. The world and your own flesh is not going to give you a buy. In fact, you don't even have to have Satan directly involved in this. you got enough wrong thinking in your own brain to mess your own life up. Come on now. Isn't that the truth? And you don't, don't think, well, I, you know, I've been in church a long time. Hey, listen, it could just be somebody that you meet tomorrow that could get your life totally off track. It could be something that you see on TV. It could be something that pops up on your, on your screen. It could be something that's on your phone tonight. Hey, listen to me tonight. It could be a friend. It could be a person right here in this church that could get your life off track. Just be very honest about it. So we do need this. And so what's going on here is that, that John is writing to them and he's very encouraged that they're standing for the truth. But he knows this, that there are many that have left the church and the churches that are there in Asia Minor and they're going out. And here's the problem. It's not just that they've left the church, but they're also trying to disseminate or get out their wrong doctrine. And they were trying to sway the other believers that were still in church. 
And that can happen in your life as well. Somebody that, that gets sideways and, and gets out of church could, could also bring your life down. And John is writing here because he's concerned about them. Okay, so as he's writing here, he's saying, listen, uh, I, I rejoice to know that you and your children walk in the truth. By the way, walking in the truth means that you're living your life in accordance with the truth. It has to do with doctrinal soundness, but it's not just that because, because the Bible is written to you not just so that you know what to believe, but so that you know how to live. And so he's saying you are walking according to the truth. And I commend you tonight, Southwest Baptist Church, and I commend you tonight, uh, young, young adults and young people and children and, and, and adults here tonight. I commend you, hey, I commend you that you're in church on a Wednesday night. Hey, you know what? That's the grace of God that you're in church on a Wednesday night. You could be out of church on a Wednesday night. You say, I'd, I'd rather. No, don't you, brother. If you're in your right mind, you'd rather be right here where you are. You say, I got too much to be here. No, you got too much going on not to be here. Would you listen to me just a minute? Hey, listen, God deserves our time and don't be too busy to be in church tonight. Hey, listen, your homework can wait. Your homework can wait. Uh, young people, you're home. You say, man, I like this preaching now. Yeah, your home work can wait. Hey, listen, God is, God is trying to speak to you here tonight. He's, he's speaking to us as a church family. He's speaking to us as individuals because he knows the influences that are currently in our life and even knows the ones that are coming, that are to come. And so John is writing to them as these individuals are coming. And here's what they're looking for. They're looking for a place to stay. Okay. In their time, they didn't have hotel. They didn't have Hampton Inns. They didn't have Airbnbs. They stayed in people's homes, just like what we do actually in the missions conference. I love it. Not, not every church does that. But you know, there's some long time relationships. I, I think about, you know, the friendships that have been forged right here at Southwest Baptist Church between like the McCoins and the Unruhs and the Osfelts and the Hastings and the Democoses and others like that. I mean, this, this, is, this is homes of Southwest members that have been opened up to missionaries. You know why they opened up their homes? Because they wanted to be hospitable. And I'll tell you another reason it was this, it was this as well, that they believed, they believed what that missionary believed and believes. And the missionary is out there to preach the gospel of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, believing in his deity, believing in his bodily resurrection, believing that he is still God, 100% God. And he also is a 100% perfect man, sinless man. The, that, that union that took place as Jesus was in the womb of Mary is, is an eternal union there. And he abides in that today. The angel said this, that same Jesus that ascended is coming again. And John is writing to these individuals because these, these individuals that have gone out and are now preaching falsehood and teaching other than Jesus being fully God or teaching other than Jesus being truly man. Hey, wait a minute. These individuals are still using Jesus' name. They probably still preach that he died on the cross. There's a lot of things that they, that they were saying that had elements of the truth. Hey, listen, um, Falsehood has elements of the truth built in it. Rad poison works that way. It's got some good stuff in it, but it's got some really bad stuff in it. Okay, same thing. So here they were, they were going out and they were needing a place to stay. And John is writing ahead of time to them and saying, listen, if they show up at your door and they need a place to stay, tell them they can't stay there. Okay. We need to see as to why. 
He says, look at verse number seven again, if you would please just follow along with me. He says in verse number seven, that uh, for many deceivers are entered into the world. Boy, isn't that true today? Everybody agree with that? Many deceivers are entered into the world today. They're not telling the truth. Many deceivers are entered into the world. And some of them have theological degrees. Some of them have written books. Some of them had podcasts. Some, some of them are online. Some of them pastor churches way bigger than this church. Are you listening to me here tonight? Some, some, of, them are in, some of them are in former basketball uh, stadiums. So, some of them are internationally known. Okay, and so he's saying many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come. The way he's written that is saying, listen, he is come. It's not just that he came, but that he is come and he is still like this. He's not changed. And so John is very adamant about that. And he says, this is a deceiver and an antichrist. They are against Christ. I'll tell you who you need to have as your friends tonight. Those who are pro Christ. Those who are walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you need to have friends tonight that want to honor him in their life. That want to, want to please him. You need friends like that tonight. Are you listening to this? You need friends that love the Lord Jesus. Sincerely love the Lord Jesus. And I think if you look around here tonight and you don't have a friend, then just look around. There's some people in here that love the Lord Jesus. And have been faithful to him through many, many years. Well, even those that have been faithful many years are in, are in danger of being swayed. And so we got to stay together in this. That's what he's saying. Many deceivers are entered into the world. Verse number eight, he says, look, look to yourselves. That's what I'm trying to say tonight. Be aware. Watch out. Okay, when, when an army is, a, when a nation is attacked, before they go to attack the other nation, they got to make sure everything's safe where they are. They don't just leave. I mean, you read the, the, the battle and strategies of David and others before they would go and fight. If they were thinking right, they made sure things were safe at home. That's what John is saying. Hey, listen, you need to make sure that your home is safe. You need to make sure that your life is safe. Make sure that you're paying attention to who's influencing your life. There are influencers. Realize that's a modern term, but it's also very true that, that there are many influencers in your life. Look to yourselves. You know what would really get your life off track? Just go spiritually apathetic. Just be spiritually inattentive. Just, to, just kind of put it in cruise control and, and just kind of think, you know, Brother Gaddis, he preaches on this stuff a lot. The same things I've heard this one. I've heard all of his illustrations. I've heard, hey, listen, here's what you really need. You need the truth tonight. You got to look to yourself. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church. It doesn't matter what your last name is. It doesn't matter if you're a teacher here tonight. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher here tonight. You better look to yourself. Because there could be ways that Creeps get in. John, uh, sorry, Jude said, I wanted to write to you about the common salvation, but I had to write to you about this, this uh, contending for the faith because certain men are crept in unawares. What do you call people that creep in unawares? Creeps. There are many creeps. There's many creepy thoughts. Any creepy people, creepy friends, 
Okay, that word creepy is too funny to use. It's because uh, <laughs> Judy's dealing with a very serious deal. Hey, listen, they crept in unawares and they started teaching things like Jesus didn't really die for everybody. They snuck in there and they started teaching. He wasn't really, he wasn't really in the flesh because the flesh is, the flesh, is, the, the flesh itself is sinful. So he couldn't be in the flesh. He just appeared to be in the flesh. No, 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 friend. John said, we touched him. He ate in front of us. I held him. He came in the flesh. But some of them crept in there and said he wasn't really God. Some crept in there and said he was Lucifer's brother. Some crept in there and said he didn't really die, just kind of swooned. Just kind of passed out while on the cross. And then the coldness and the dampness of that grave kind of woke him up. They just kind of snuck in there. And they snuck in there and said, oh, there's not just two genders. There's more than one, two genders. They snuck in there and said, hey, it's not just a man and a woman. It's a man and a man or a woman and a woman and whatever else. They snuck in there and said, it's not a six-day creation. It's an evolutionary process. They snuck in there. They snuck into to academic uh, seminaries. They snuck into churches. They snuck into the clergy. They snuck into people's lives. Are you listening to me tonight? This is real stuff. This is real stuff. People's lives get real messed up. They sneak in there and say, hey, divorce is not a bad deal. You just go ahead and let them go. Uh, Adultery is not a bad deal. Everybody's doing it. It's popular today. Hey, listen, this is bad stuff. God's saying you better look to yourself. Look, look what he says. This is really good in, in verse number eight. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, which we have, that we receive our full reward. You say, well, that's selfish. No, it's not. <clears throat> so There. <laughs> I don't know how that sounds to you. John is saying, listen, you've got to stay spiritually in tune so that we don't lose ground that we've made in your life. And so that we don't lose a reward. We want to give a good report. Paul says, you're my crown. You're my reason for rejoicing. And he says, I'm jealous over you in Corinthians. I'm jealous over you. I don't want somebody to come in and mess up your life. I'm just saying to these young people here tonight, hey, listen, your pastor and your parents are jealous over you. And these young families here tonight, your pastor and your your parents, sure, and your fellow church members, jealous over you. Don't want to see your life messed up. Hey, Bible college students, wake up. Some of you up there sleeping right now. You need to be looking up this way. Hey, listen, we care about you. And your life is in danger. And you're just kind of messing around and thinking these things don't really matter. I'm telling you, it does matter. Your life is in the balance and we don't want to lose ground in your life. Your mom and your dad has poured a lot into you. Your grandparents have poured a lot into you. Your preachers have poured a lot into you. Hey, listen, those of you that have grown up in church, hey, don't just put it in spiritual crews right here. Your parents and people have invested in you. Sunday school teachers have invested in you. Hey, you better wake up and look at yourself. Don't lose ground. Don't cause them to have less of a reward. You say, I don't really care if they have a reward or not. That's totally selfish on your part. And it's messing you up anyways. Is this helping anybody in here tonight or you just need to go home? No, I think it'll help you if you really pay attention to it. John is saying, listen, if you get off track here, it's not just affecting your life, it's affecting many other lives too. All right, now look, look who it was that was saying things like this. Verse number nine. Look at it, if you would. It says, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Okay, now look, look at this. He says, uh, he, let me look at it again. Whoso transgresseth. The word transgresseth is interesting there. Of course, it means to, to do wrong, to believe wrong, to violate but it literally means this, to go beyond. 
When I, when I looked it up, it, it literally, you, you check it out yourself. It means like, I shouldn't go beyond this, but I went beyond it. Okay, I shouldn't, I shouldn't go beyond that. I shouldn't go beyond this, but I went beyond it. Huh? I went off the deep end right there. Okay, he, he's saying, listen, they're advanced. They're, they're beyond. They're, they're beyond. I, I, hang on, wait, wait a minute. There may be just a little bit of sanctified sarcasm right in here. They've transgressed. They're advanced. In fact, one man said it this way. They've advanced so far, they left God behind. Okay, I'm going to read you a quote that I got written in my Bible by William Barclay. He said this, the evil men, listen to this. I wrote it in the book of Jude as we're going through the book of Jude in Sunday school, if you remember that. Brother Copes did, that's good. <laughs> the evil men who were corrupting the church did not regard themselves as enemies to the church and to Christianity. They regarded themselves as the advanced thinkers, a cut above ordinary Christians, the spiritual elite. Hey, listen, there, there, there would be those that, that, like one man said, fancy themselves as though more intellectually in tune and spiritually capable than what the rest of you are. We're advanced in our thinking. I saw it happen. I've seen it happen. I've seen what happens when a professor uh, teaches one thing in the classroom but has a secret meeting with students at his house. I saw that while I was a student in, in Missouri. And he was advanced in his own mind, teaching those students that, yes, I know that, hang, hang on, I'm, I'm telling you some stuff that's, that's real stuff right here, and it happens, that, that even though our, our uh, doctrinal statement said this, he was saying this. That's wrong. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know how else to say it. That's just flat wrong. And, and to bring in Calvinism and to teach young, impressionable minds. So who, hang on, wait a minute. Who was he having over? He wasn't having grad school, school students over. He was having freshman students over. 18-year-olds, some of them 17-year-olds. You listen to me? I'm, I'm telling you some good young men. Some young men that were on the floor that I was there already. I mean, they came soul winning. They came fired up. They wanted to win the world to Christ. And yet once that Calvinism got in, their, their evangelistic zeal. That, that's the type of thing he's talking about. And that's not the only thing that I'm, reason I'm preaching. You say, man, you seem like you hit Calvinism a lot. Well, that and a lot of other things that need to be hit. Because there are those that pose themselves as advanced thinkers to say, you know, you don't really have the word of God here and, and he's not really coming again and, and he didn't really die for all. Oh, listen, friend, it means exactly what it says it says. Don't let some advanced thinker make you think that you're spiritually inferior because you believe what you believe when you were taught in Sunday school. Well, I'm kind of beyond Sunday school. 
Hey, don't you ever get beyond the deity of Jesus Christ. Don't you ever get beyond that he died for you. Don't you ever get beyond that he loves you. Don't you ever get beyond that he died for all. Don't you ever get beyond that this, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Hey, listen, don't let some advanced thinker cause you to think, well, that's just the writings of man. No, listen, friend, it's a holy God who used men to record his word and has preserved it for us. Thank his holy name. They went beyond. They transgressed. They abided not in Christ. Let me ask you this, this this evening. If what those individuals are trying to sway you to believe, would it leave you in a good relationship with your family or in a bad relationship with your family? Would it leave you in a good relationship with your pastor and, and the, the church that you're attending? Or would it kind of get you in a bad situation with them? Are you listening? I'm just trying to ask you some questions I think that will help you right here. I just, read, I just read a chapter that the students are supposed to read on Friday. The pastoral students. Amen. Chapter 44, 45, somewhere right in there. How to try the spirits. A.W. Tozer said, I'll, everything that comes my way, I want to check it out. Does it honor God? Does it honor the Lord Jesus Christ? Does it exalt man? How does it deal with the sin nature? How does it deal with the world? Is this making sense? I mean, some good stuff right there. Does, does that doctrine or that practice, does it put you in a right relationship with God and right relationship with Jesus and a right relationship towards the world? Or is it just kind of compromise with the world and kind of fit in with the world? If it does, then listen, that's a red flag right there, my friend. He says there are those that have gone beyond and they've not abide, they're not abiding in the doctrine of Christ, but those that do abide, oh, hey, listen, that's why we're having a celebration Sunday is that by the grace of God, he's helped us to abide in the Lord Jesus Christ and thus to abide in the Father. Praise his holy name. Okay, so then verse 10. What, what do I do, preacher? What do I do? What does John say to do if I am confronted with someone that is not matching up doctrinally or even in the direction of their life? Is that valid? I think it is valid. Given what he's saying right here, what do I do? Well, okay, listen, always be Christ-like. I think this verse, Brother Chris Rayfeld, who teaches cults class, not how to start one, but how to identify it, <laughs> what to do as a result of it. We were having a good discussion about it a couple of Wednesday nights ago that this verse has kind of been abused that if somebody comes, a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon comes and knocks on your door, that you're supposed to be rude to them. That's not what the verse is saying. In the context, what the verse is actually saying is that if somebody with false doctrine comes and wants to stay in your house and like make that a base of operation and to save expense and thus help you would feed them and lodge them, if you fed them and lodge them, then you are participating with them. He's not saying that if somebody comes and you're a strong Christian, I don't think this would be a good idea for new believers, but you're a strong Christian and somebody wants to talk to you and you can present the claims of Christ. I don't think you're violating scripture to let them in your house and to tell them that Jesus is indeed God. Because in the context, what he's dealing with right here is that you don't want to support those who don't support the truth. Does that make sense? So I don't think it gives you license to kick them down the road and to be rude to them. In fact, I wonder if a lot more cult members would actually come to Christ if they met some real Christians. Does that make sense? So he that biddeth them Godspeed, 
is a partaker of their evil deeds. And that was, that's what we don't want to do. We're partaker. Oh, it's interesting. It's, it's, uh, it's used in passages about financial support, about communicate those that, that teach you, Galatians. It's used in other passages about financial support. So that's basically what he's saying is, listen, don't support those who don't support the truth. Well, that'll preach. And that'll help you from keeping, from sending your money to Peter Popoff. Don't send him your seed money. But Ted gets his letters. There's a context of that. <laughs> I guess I better tell it since this is on live stream. <laughs> We're going through that, that study of, of false doctrine. And he was just curious, wonder what kind of things this guy says. And my soul, it got weird. <laughs> Southwest Bible class knows what I'm talking about right there. Hey, listen. I'm just trying to exhort us here tonight. By the grace of God, let's stay faithful to this book Amen. and the Savior of this book and honor the God of this book and not get puffed up in ourselves and not take sin lightly and not flirt with the world. Somebody's going to ask you to come hang out in Bricktown maybe or online or in a Bible study, and it's ecumenical. And you know, man, they love people there. Well, we love people here. Don't, make, don't let people make you think, man, that, that church doesn't love people. Running buses, knocking doors, caring for souls, getting food together to do Thanksgiving baskets, Christmas baskets. We talk about how many hams we're gonna need today. How many turkeys we're going to need today? Thank God for CCS that supplies the turkeys and, and, and things of that nature that we get to give out at Thanksgiving time. Get to love on people. But here, here's what will happen. Somebody will say, well, because you take a strong stand for the truth, you're not very loving. That's not true. In fact, it's most loving that we stand for the truth. It's unloving to be deceitful. So what do we do? I'll give you these points of application and we're done. Number one, keep walking in the truth. Being in church is not enough to fortify your life. It's not. If all the Bible you're getting is just on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, that's not enough. Not giving the seductive nature of the enemy and the nature of, of falsehood. It's not enough. I bet right here he's going to say, be in your Bible every day. And you need to be in your Bible every day. Amen. Amen. And mature believers understand why a preacher would cover a lot of the same things again, because not only do they need it, but they recognize new believers need it. And if they just got in on this walk of truth, they really need it. Amen. Number two, 
This means we, this, this explains as to why we try to be very careful with who we have stand behind this pulpit or teach a class or preach a youth conference or a youth rally or a missions conference. That's why we're very careful about that. It limits who we get to support. And that's a good thing. It limits what books we put in that bookstore. It explains why we try to carefully screen the music. Have a meeting with Brother Aaron and Brother Kevin every week and we go over music and we have to say, you know, hey, let's not do that song again. That happens. It needs to happen. Now it's better if we catch it beforehand. That's best case scenario. That means nobody that sings needs to be pushing the envelope. Do I need to come down there and say amen or is that? Amen? No, we don't want to go worldly in our music. And that's why we keep a monitor on that. We also care about what the words say. We want to be doctrinally sound in our music. See, be very clear about that. And then number three and finally, you need to be very careful and guard who you allow into your life. I don't know of many church members that we've lost because of cults. In fact, I can't think of anybody right now. But I can think of plenty who have made a wrong friend. Or met somebody online. Or dabbled into something online that they shouldn't have been in. You need to be carefully guarding the influences, the friendships, and the partnerships that are in your life. Just because you have room doesn't mean you ought to let them stay. In fact, you may have a hard time getting them out. Who's knocking at the door of your life? Who's already in? Truth and love will protect your home and truth and love will protect this church family. Look to yourself. Look to yourself. Let's stand together here tonight. What books are you allowing to influence your thinking? Podcast, YouTube channels, videos, for that matter, movies, sitcoms, preachers, teachers, songwriters, friends. Father, help us here tonight because of the truth. 
that it's under attack. And even before we go out and try to win the world to Christ, we've got to make sure that our home is safe. It's applicable to us, dear God, today. I pray that you'd help us, dear Lord, because of the bombardment from many angles that's really multiplied even since the days of John in terms of avenues by which they come. Protect, I pray, our church family. In Jesus' name, amen.